Today is Saturday, March 2nd. The busy spring home buying season is just around the corner. So what can you expect? And what's the impact on the overall economy, even if you don't plan to buy or sell? Oh, and what's going on with the rental market, too? We're getting into all of that with Redfin's chief economist, Daryl Fairweather, who also serves on the Academic Advisory Council for the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas. Today, she'll explain why there still are not that many homes available to buy, but why this year's housing market is picking up a bit from last year. Plus, she offers her predictions for what to expect later this year with mortgage rates. Welcome, welcome to the Newsworthy Special Edition Saturday, when we sit down with a different expert or celebrity every Saturday to talk about something in the news. Don't forget to tune in every Monday through Friday for our regular episodes, where we provide all the day's news in 10 minutes. I'm Erica Mandy. It's now time for today's Special Edition Saturday. Daryl Fairweather, thank you so much for joining us here on the Newsworthy. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So first, just big picture. Can you summarize the housing market now and what you expect as we approach the traditionally busy spring season? So I think just overall, the housing market is showing more signs of life right now than it did this time last year. But from a historical perspective, the housing market is still quite sluggish. When mortgage rates go up, traditionally we see home prices go down, but that has not been the case. Housing prices are still at record highs. Is that really still because of the low inventory? Can you explain that and and what else might be going on? It is primarily due to low inventory. So in a normal market or what historically has happened is that when mortgage rates go up, buyers pull back from the market. And that is what's happening. Uh, Buyers are not as active now as they were when interest rates were lower. But sellers have also pulled back from the market And that is unusual. Usually sellers aren't so sensitive to interest rates, but because many sellers have 3% rates on a 30-year fixed rate mortgage that they got during the pandemic, they really have no reason to move because if they were to say move and buy again uh, an equally priced home, they would end up losing quite a bit of money just because of the cost of borrowing. The kinds of people that are moving right now are downsizers or people who are moving to more affordable areas, and that allows them to pay in cash, uh, if not all in cash, at least to have a large down payment, which can offset the interest rate expense. So you mentioned a lot of people are not selling their homes and buying new because they locked in those, you know, 3% mortgage rates during the pandemic or refinanced at that rate. But maybe those who were waiting for lower mortgage rates are starting to finally buy again. Explain more what you meant by, you know, things are starting, they're not as bad as they were last year. What are you seeing this spring? Okay, so one stat is that new listings are up 10% from last year. So I think that goes to show that there is new inventory coming online. However, the number of active listings is still down 2%. So the listings that are coming on the market are um, exiting the market pretty quickly, which I think goes to show that, you know, there isn't that much relief from buyers. Buyers are still having to fight amongst each other for the limited number of listings. And, you know, it is even though it's a 10% increase from last year, last year was at a record low or near a record low. So still very far off from the amount of listings that we had before the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, are you still seeing a lot of potential buyers being priced out of the market, unable to buy because of these high mortgage rates and high prices? Yes. If there, if mortgage rates were lower, there would certainly be more buyers in the market right now. But the high interest rates have made it so that renting is looking more attractive. Rents have been pretty stable for the last three months. But given that the housing market is still so expensive, there might be more pressure on rents moving forward this year. 
And just to make it really clear for anyone uh, who maybe doesn't know all the ins and outs, I mean, interest rates make borrowing money more expensive, which mortgage is just borrowing money for a house. So that's why they're connected. Is there anything else you want to add about, you know, that connection and, and what impacts mortgage rates? Yes, interest rates is the cost of borrowing money. And because a home is so expensive and most people don't have the cash to buy a home, most people have to get a mortgage. And so they are directly impacted by higher interest rates. However, there are some buyers that have more options. They have liquid cash savings that they can put towards a home. And at the luxury end of the market, 40% of home buyers are paying all cash. And this market definitely favors people with cash. So what's your kind of prediction or thoughts on when we might see mortgage rates drop, if ever? Mortgage rates, as reported by Freddie Mac, reached 6.9% for a 30-year fixed rate mortgage last week. This year, we're expecting mortgage rates to fall to around 65 perhaps as low as 6% by the end of the year. That's more of an optimistic scenario. I, I think the long-term trend will be that mortgage rates fall, but they may not fall back to pre-pandemic levels, and they certainly won't fall all the way to pandemic levels unless there's a, a recession, which I'm most certainly not rooting for. But there are so many factors that go into interest rate, not only in the U.S. economy, also the global economy, that it could be a very bumpy road for the next several years. I'm curious to hear how you think the upcoming presidential election in November might impact the housing market this year. I mean, is some of the uncertainty of that impactful to the housing market at all? You know, some people don't like making major economic decisions during an election year because of the uncertainty. In our data, we've only really been able to detect an effect in the D.C. area, which makes sense because there are people in Washington, D.C. whose job depends on which party is in power. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to play a huge role in the housing market. If anything, I think the housing market is going to affect the presidential election, not the other way around, where voters may feel less uh, good overall about the economy if they feel like the housing market and their ability to buy a home is in a bad position. So where are housing prices rising the fastest? And where can you find the best deals? Redfin's chief economist shares the data, plus her top tips for buyers and sellers and her overall prediction for springtime sales. That and more still ahead. But first, a quick break for our sponsors. Whether I'm walking through the city, taking a stroll by the ocean, or seeking out adventure on the weekends, my Vessies are now with me all the time, ensuring comfort and style no matter where I go or what elements I face. The Vessie collection, especially the two that I have and are loving, the sleek weekend sneaker and more robust Stormburst, caters to every style. Whether I'm dressing up for a night out or gearing up for a weekend hike, these shoes seamlessly blend into my wardrobe while offering the practicality of waterproof footwear. Yeah, you heard me right, waterproof, lightweight, and breathable. And yes, comfortable and stylish too. And by the way, because they're waterproof, they're super easy to clean. I also love that they are an eco-friendly choice. Vessi's manufacturing process is designed to reduce water use and avoid harmful chemicals, making your stylish choice a responsible one too. From chic city walks to adventurous treks, find the perfect pair for your lifestyle at Vessi.com newsworthy to get 15% off your first order. You have to try these shoes. Go to Vessi.com newsworthy to get 15% off your first order. V-E-S-S-I, Vessi.com newsworthy. This episode is also brought to you by AG1. Taking care of your health is not always easy, but it should at least be simple. And that's why for almost a year now, I have been drinking AG1 every day. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. 
Some habits can be hard to stick to, but have you ever had the ones that you start to crave because they just make you feel better? That is what AG1 has become for me. I was looking for something that would help with boosted energy, better gut health, support my immune system, and be a way to get a wide variety of nutrients without having to take a million pills. Well, each serving of AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more. In fact, it now feels like an easy little something that I do just for myself each morning. If there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1. And that's why I partnered with them for so long. So if you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com newsworthy. That's drinkag1.com newsworthy. Check it out. Okay, now back to our conversation. What is the impact of the housing market on the overall economy? The housing market itself is a sector of the economy, like construction of housing contributes to overall GDP. There is the the sector of the economy that revolves around people moving, like real estate agents, lenders. Um, that is particularly down and has been ever since interest rates went up. But new construction, uh, despite this high interest rate environment, has uh, remained pretty strong, at least relative to what I would have expected. And that's because of the lack of inventory. So many home buyers are having to go to new construction. So that building uh, ends up contributing to the overall economy. So for those people who do want to buy or sell, let's talk a little bit about them and, and some advice for them. First, you know, based on Redfin's data, what are buyers looking for right now? New and ready homes are always going to be more desirable than fixer-uppers. I think that might be even more true now because the cost of repairs has gone up along with everything else with inflation. In general, buyers, uh, they want more space and they want a home that's affordable and in a place where they have access to jobs. So sometimes that can be in conflict. Like sometimes people will sacrifice proximity to a city center where there are lots of jobs for a large home that's in the suburbs. That was definitely a pandemic trend, but it's still persistent. Whereas other people who maybe have to be in the office more often are willing to sacrifice space to be in a place where there's better access to transit, um, where it's more walkable, where there's better access to jobs. What is your top advice for people looking to buy a home and then also for those looking to sell? Because there's a limited amount of inventory, my advice is to really figure out ahead of time exactly what it is that you want and at what price point you would be able to make an offer do some research on what homes have been selling for so you make so you know that you're in the at least the realm of possibilities for the offers that you want to make and then set alerts on a website like Redfin so you know exactly when the homes that meet your criteria come on the market because it still is competitive you will likely face a, a bidding war if it's on a desirable property so when a home does come on the market be aggressive because it could be months before your dream home pops up on the market again because of the limited amount of inventory. What are the hottest housing markets going to be this spring? The places where prices are going up the fastest are San Diego, um, Newark, New Jersey, Anaheim. So San Diego and Anaheim are less expensive than Los Angeles, and New York is obviously less expensive than New York. So some of these kind of secondary cities to more expensive markets are probably going to still have room to grow. What about maybe the best places to buy to maybe get the most bang for your buck? But you can get a lot of bang for your buck in the Midwest. People for the last five years or so have been flocking to the Sun Belt, and prices are now reflecting that desire. So Florida isn't the deal it used to be. Austin is not the deal it used to be. But there are still deals to be had in like Ohio and Michigan and Wisconsin. 
Cleveland and Cincinnati have seen a lot of a growth or are primed for growth this year. And so is Philadelphia. So those kind of um, Northeast, Midwest cities are looking like a good deal. Let's talk a little bit more about the rental market. What's happening there? What's your forecast for 2024 in, in the rental market? It depends a bit on where interest rates go, but I think, you know, if things stay the same, there's going to be more pressure on the rental market, more first time potential first time home buyers deciding that they'd rather rent for another year than buy now. And that should put more pressure on rents to grow. There are some markets where there's quite a lot of rental inventory where prices could go down, though. There, there were many apartment buildings built in uh, the southeast, for example, when there was that construction boom. But other places like Los Angeles or San Jose, for example, I think rents have more room to grow because there's a limited supply. Are rents right now in most markets as high as the mortgages for those homes? No, in most markets, it is more affordable to rent than it is to get a mortgage on a home, which is why I think that there will be more demand for rentals uh, because of that affordability gap. Any final thoughts about the housing and rental markets in 2024 as we enter the spring season? You know, there haven't been that many sales in January or February, which may mean that we have a more active March, April, and May. I think both buyers and sellers have been waiting for conditions to get a bit better, but by spring, there may be more people coming to the table to get some deals done. For more of Daryl Fairweather's housing market data and analysis, follow her on Twitter, at FairweatherPhD. And to keep up with the latest updates in the housing market, visit redfin.com news. Thank you so much for joining us for this special edition episode. Be sure to check out our regular weekday episodes available every Monday through Friday morning, giving you the news you need to know for the day in just about 10 minutes. So we'll be back on Monday. Until then, have a great weekend.